Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Brother, you just showed out today. Good job. I tell you what, I don't know that you could have picked three butter songs once you picked tonight. That was fantastic. You talking about truth. That just blessed my soul. Uh, we are so blessed around here. Y'all know that. Don't take for granted what God is doing in this church. Folks, I want to tell you something. When you can come to the house of God and be overwhelmed by God's presence, that's an amazing thing. Don't, don't take that for granted. Stay hungry for that. Amen? Hey, listen, I, that, just, that just blesses my soul that God has manifest His presence among His people um, today. We praise Him for it. We got a lot to be thankful for. I tell you, I look up here this evening on these two front rows and got all these young people. I just told them two Sundays to sit on the front. Look what they've already learned. I don't even have to tell them today. They just came right up here and sat down. Isn't that good stuff? I like to see them on the front row. How about you? That's a good thing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love you, each and every one of you. Thank you for being here tonight. I mean that. Take your Bibles. Turn them to Matthew chapter number 14. And tonight, uh, we're going to finish what we started this morning. We're talking about a strange sight on the Sea of Galilee. Now, let me ask you something. What is the strange sight that we see here on the pages of Scripture on the Sea of Galilee? Well, let's review just a little bit about what we've saw so far. First of all, we saw that there was a storm on the sea. Now, folks, I want you to know something. There's nothing unusual about a storm on the sea. Anybody who spent any time at all by the sea or on the sea, you know that storms are regular there. Just last uh, December, me and my wife took a trip to the Dominican Republic. We celebrated 15 years of marriage. Can y'all believe that my lovely wife has put up with me for 15 years? Um, it's her cross to bear. It's a ministry that she's been called to. And she's been faithful to it, I'm telling you. She's hung in there, and I've promised her that if she'll hang on to me for another, put up with me for another 15 years, we'll go back to the Dominican Republic, or we'll go somewhere. I'm kind of bribing her into it, seeing if she'll uh, take the bait. But I am so thankful for my lovely wife. She loves me, and um, she puts up with me. And uh, we celebrated 15 years of marriage last year, and we went down there. Now, we left Atlanta, Georgia in the morning about 7.30, 8 o'clock, and we flew to the Dominican Republic. And when we landed um, in Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, when we got off the plane, it was just falling a flood. I mean, it was raining so hard you could not see um, 10, 15 foot um, in front of the vehicle that we were riding in. And so I asked the gentleman that was driving if that was the weather we were expecting all week. And either I didn't speak good English or he didn't speak good English. And uh, we couldn't talk to one another, so I don't know what the case was. could have been me, but either way, um, he didn't tell me much. So I waited till we got to the resort we were going to. We drove for about an hour, and continual rain the whole hour that we was driving. I mean, it was falling a flood, coming a storm, thundering and lightning. And so I'm worried that, you know, we're going to be there for uh, six, seven days, and, and if it's got a weather pattern of storms, we've just wasted a whole lot of money going to the Dominican Republic. And so we get to the place that we're at, and uh, there's a gentleman that was assigned to show us around when we got to the resort. And so I stepped off the bus there, and he got our bags, took them on the inside, and he started taking us around to all the different things that they had there. And so I asked him, I said, man, 
is this the kind of weather that we are to expect this week? He said, oh, no. He said, man, don't worry about it. He said, it rains here every day. It usually storms here every day. Sometime throughout the day, um, there's going to be a storm. You know he was right. Every day, just like clockwork, there was a storm sometime. But it only lasts 10, 15, 20 minutes. It'd pass on through, and uh, then you'd have beautiful weather the rest of the time. Now, that was an island nation out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico on the sea. And so I found out very quickly that storms were common there. See, that's not unusual, unusual that there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee. That's just what happens. Amen? And it's not unusual that we face storms in our life. I've heard some people say it like this. Maybe you have as well. That for the believer, you're either in the middle of a storm. You've just come out of a storm. Or you're about to enter into a storm. And that's the truth. That's just how life goes. That's just life. All of us face troubles and trials. And folks, I told you this morning, God never promised that you wouldn't enter into a storm or have a crisis in your life. But he does promise in the midst of the crisis, he will continually be with you. Now, how many of you are thinking, well, Jesus is not like a fair weather friend? <laughs> you ever had some fair weather friends? I mean, when everything's going great, uh, you, you couldn't uh, beat them off with a stick. But when things go bad, when things uh, go wrong, you really know who your friends are. Well, Jesus said, I'm the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. In the good times or in the bad times, Jesus will remain right by your side. You can always call on him. Now, I'm thankful for that tonight. So it's not unusual that there was a storm there on the sea. What else did we see? We saw that two men walked on water. We saw Jesus, the God-man, walking on water. And we saw Peter walking on water. All that happened this morning in our text. Now, I would submit to you tonight, it's not unusual that Jesus was able to walk. That's not really a strange sight the way I see things. If you remember this morning, I told you that Jesus made the declaration unto his disciples and unto us that he is the I am. Can you say amen? He's the God of all creation. He's God incarnate walking around in the flesh of a man at this time. Now, how many of you are thankful Jesus came as God to walk in the flesh of a man so that he might do for men what men couldn't do for themselves? That's exactly what he did. And that's what's happening there on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus doing for men what men couldn't do for themselves. Amen. <laughs> and that's still what he does for us, even today. So it's not a strange sight to me that the great I Am is able to walk on water. Listen, folks, if he made the water, he can walk on it. If he can speak it into existence, then he can walk on the water that he made. Now then. That's not the strange sight. Let me tell you what I believe to be the strange sight on the Sea of Galilee. The strange sight, I believe, is that Peter, an ordinary, everyday, working class guy, did the extraordinary by the power of God. That's what's the strange sight to me. That's what really uh, does it for me in, these, in this passage of Scripture that we've looked at. That blesses my soul. That gives me hope. That gives me encouragement. Let me tell you why. Jesus still uses ordinary people. He can use you. He can use me to do extraordinary things. Now, if you believe that tonight, say amen. Well, you need to believe that. You, you must believe that. How do you know these words that we are reading and we're studying that we preach on, these are not just words on a page, but truth we can build our life on. 
Listen, this is truth for you and for me. And so we need to apply it just as that to our uh, everyday lives. I believe that God wants to use ordinary Israel to do extraordinary things. I believe God wants to use ordinary Brandy to do extraordinary things. I think God wants to use ordinary Brenda to do extraordinary things. You put your name in the blank, whatever it is. And God wants to use you. God can use you if you allow Him to do so. If you become available and the body of Christ to be used, God will do extraordinary things in your life just like He did in the life of Peter. That's the strange side. That's the strange side. But there's a lot, there's a few things that we need to do if we're going to be used of God. If we're going to allow God to do what only He can do in us and through us. Now then, first of all, you must hear the call of Jesus. Look there in Matthew chapter 14, down to verse, let's just start with verse number 27. The Bible says it like this, But straightway Jesus spake unto unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid, or be of good cheer, I am. Amen. We talked about that this morning. Verse 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now let me tell you what uh, Peter was asking, what Peter was wanting. Peter was asking for him to do, Jesus to do, in the life of Peter, extraordinary things. He's asking to come out on the water where Jesus is. Folks, let me tell you something about Peter. Peter wanted to be where Jesus was doing what Jesus was doing. Isn't that good? And I don't think that's the picture that we need to take away from this. If you want to be used of God, if you want God to do extraordinary things in your life, you first of all got to want to be where Jesus is doing what Jesus is doing. That's what Peter asked for. Now look what, what the Lord says. And he said Come. Now, Peter asked the question if he could come. And I want you to notice the response, the invitation that Jesus gives. Notice what he says. He says, come. Now, is he speaking to Peter? Absolutely. Peter asked the question. But I also want you to notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, come, Peter. He doesn't just um, narrow it down to say, Peter, you can come. He looks at the boat where 12 disciples are and he says to the whole bunch, come. He don't just say, Peter can come. See, what I believe Jesus is saying is, John, you can come if you want to come. James, you can come if you want to come. Judas, you can come if you want to come. Amen. And even Peter, Peter, if you want to come, you can come. But now listen, you must be willing to hear what Jesus says if you're going to do the extraordinary. So let me ask you this. What is Jesus calling you to do? What is he wanting you to do? See, there may be someone here tonight that just needs to be saved. Maybe God is convicting your heart and and letting you know your need for a Savior. And Jesus is saying unto you, come. Guess what? If you'll come, you can be born again. Your life can be changed. You can receive peace and purpose like you've never known before. Maybe Jesus is saying, come to the lost sinner. Maybe you're here and you've already been born again. You've been saved, but you've never been baptized. You know that's the case for a lot of people. 
A lot of people's been saved. They know they've been born again, but they've never made the step to follow the Lord and believers' baptism. Maybe it's time for you to be obedient to what the Bible says and listen, not be ashamed of what Christ has done for you and be baptized. Maybe that's where you are. Some of you may be here and it's time for you to join this church. You've prayed about it. You've thought about it. God spoke to your heart. Well, guess what? Now there ain't nothing to it but to do it. Come be a part of what God is doing right here. We want you and we need you. Amen. Maybe that's you. Let me share this. Maybe tonight God is calling you to a special area of service. See, there may be somebody here tonight God's calling to preach. I don't know. Somebody may be being called to the mission field right from this body of believers. Listen, God may be calling you to teach a Sunday school class. Teach a Wednesday night class. Teach a discipleship training class. God may be calling you to work in our food ministry on Wednesday night. God may be calling you to work in our children's church on Sunday morning. God may be calling you to go on a mission trip this summer to Macon, Georgia. God may be calling you to be a part of your women's group or your men's group and get involved in that and be the hands and feet of Jesus. God may be calling you to pray for somebody. God may be calling you to witness to your friends or your loved ones. God may be calling you to do something tonight. And I'm going to tell you something. Every bit of that's extraordinary. Anything you do for the kingdom of God means something. A lot of people think they ain't serving God if they ain't preaching the message or singing the song or praying the prayer. Let me tell you something. Anything you do for the kingdom of God means a great deal. That's extraordinary stuff. See, the truth is, really what's going to echo throughout all eternity is what you've done for the kingdom of God. When it's all said and done, that's really what's going to matter. What you've done for Jesus while you walked upon this earth as a believer. So, you've got to hear the call. Peter heard the call, but how many of you know it's not enough just to hear? See, I think all the disciples heard. I think they all heard Jesus say, come. Amen? But now, what we've got to do is not just hear the call, but we've got to heed the call. We've actually got to take what Jesus said, apply it to our life, and by faith walk it out. That's what it means to walk by faith. We just act like God's telling the truth. We find out what God says, then we do it. We get faithful to it. We find out what God wants. You say, brother, how do I know what God wants? That's not a mystery. If you want to know what God's want, get in your Bible. God tells us what we are called to be and to do right here in His precious Word. Now, I know there are special callings, and God does absolutely do that. But if you want to know what God wants, it's not a mystery. It's right here in black and white, white right on the page of the Scripture. Find out what God says and get, get busy, get involved. Heed the call. Find out what God wants and then do it. You know what the Bible says? That we shouldn't just be hearers of the Word, but doers also. Now, I'm thankful you've come to hear the word today. You was here this morning. You're here tonight. A lot of you are going to be back Wednesday night, and that's absolutely fantastic. We praise God for it. But now, let me say this to you. We can come in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time we meet together, and we can hear all this stuff that's being straight said straight from the word of God, whether it be in your Sunday school or Wednesday night Bible study, discipleship training, or in the worship hour. We can hear all this stuff. But if we don't start applying what we hear unto our lives, we're never going to be what God wants. 
You hear the call, then you heed the call. So what did Peter have to do? He had to, first of all, step out on faith. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. It took a lot of faith to step out of that boat. You ever tried walking on water? How'd it go for you? See, what Peter knew is that he, there is no way in his ability he was going to be able to walk to the Lord on the water. So there came a time when he had to trust not in what he could do, but what God could do. Amen? Amen. How many of you ever found that to be true in your life? See, when God called me to preach, I'm going to tell you something. I fought that. I didn't want to do it. Um, that's not what I had planned for my life in no way, shape, form, or fashion. I argued with God several times over the matter. I kept telling God that's not what I wanted to do and I couldn't do it. And guess what? I was right. I couldn't do it. But let me tell you what I found out. When I stepped out on faith and finally said yes to the Lord and allowed Him to start working in me and working through me, I found out that by His power, listen, He could do what I couldn't. And the same is true for you. Nothing is different for you as a believer. Whatever God is calling you to do, whatever God wants you to do, you can do it if you'll step out on faith and just believe God. Just like Peter. I feel sorry for James and John all these other disciples sitting in the boat, they could have been a part of what Jesus was doing on the water, but they chose to just hear and not heed. Amen? I feel sorry for people in the church today who choose not to heed what God says. Man, get busy. Get involved. Get plugged in. Be a part of what Jesus is doing. You hear the call? You heed the call. We must do that. Let me give you something else. We realize, you must realize, that your hope is found in Christ alone. Hear the call? You got to do that. You must heed the call. But you must realize your hope is found in Jesus. Watch what happens. Look this. Look it down at verse number 29. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Wow. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Now let me tell you what happened. Peter got out there on the water walking by faith in the power of God. He's doing the extraordinary even though he's ordinary. He's walking on the water to go to Jesus and all of a sudden he forgets where his hope is found. He puts his eyes not on Jesus but on the storm. He puts his eyes on the thing uh, that is uh, fearful to him. The winds that are crashing against the boat. The wave that's blowing right now, or the, excuse me, the wind that's blowing right in his face. The rain that's falling. The lightning that's crashing. He takes his eyes off Jesus and he puts it on all these other things. And guess what happens? He begins to sink. Now I'm going to tell you something. The same I have experienced in my life, the same thing. Man, when you take your eyes off Christ and you start putting it on your troubles, on your trials, on other people, in the ministry, when I take my eyes off Jesus and I start putting my eyes on everything else, what I think people ought to do and what they're not doing or what things not going like I think they ought to go and I focus on all of that instead of just focusing on Jesus and sister adoring Him, I just can't get over that. When I do that, Guess what happens? I begin to sink in doubt and discouragement. I get dismayed. And I wonder what in the world is going on. Man, keep your eyes on Jesus. Hey, folks, we're in this for him and nothing else. 
I love you. I'm thankful to be your pastor. I want to be your pastor. I'll say this, I can only be the pastor that you allow me to be. I want to be there for you when I can be there for you. Amen. But I want you to know this. Folks, what we do, all of us, we do for the honor and glory of God. Keep your eyes on Him. Like we said this morning, keep looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith. In the middle of your storm, whatever's going on, you just keep looking to Christ. Your hope's in Him. You know what the Bible said in John chapter 15 and verse number 5? Jesus said to His disciples, He said, without me, ye can do nothing. How many of y'all know that? Without Him, we certainly cannot be effective. We'll never be what God wants us to be without His power at work in our lives. Keep your eyes on Christ. Whatever you're going through, whatever's going on, in the midst of your service, whatever God's called you to do by His power, keep your eyes on Jesus. Quit worrying about what everybody else is doing and what they're not doing. Focus on Him. There's going to come time, though, in everybody's life when we must accept the help that Jesus offers. That's what happens with Peter. The Bible says in verse 30, but when he was, the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Look at verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I love that. But it's also a mystery to me. Jesus says to Peter, you of little faith. Well, folks, I'm going to be honest. I think what Peter just did was great faith. As far as the way I see things. <laughs> Amen? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I would hope that I would have been like Peter and I would have stepped out on that water. But I fear I may have been like the other disciples still sitting in the boat. Peter, by faith, took the first step. <laughs> did what needed doing. Trusted in the Lord. But listen, when he got out there doing the extraordinary, he began to sink. Now, it's not if or when you're going to sink or you're going to mess up or you're going to take your eyes off Christ. As long as we're in this flesh and have this sinful nature, it's not when, it's, it, or it's not if, it's when. It's going to happen to all of us. Folks, nobody's perfect. We're all still growing. We've all still got growing room. If God was done with you and you had finished your growth process as a child of God, you'd already be in heaven. So I don't care who you are, how long you've been a Christian, how long you've been serving, we've all got room for growth, each and every one of us. But when we fall, when we stumble, when we begin to sink and take our eyes off Christ, let me tell you what we got to do. Just call out for help. And God hears His children. Are y'all getting this tonight? If you get this, do something. My gosh. I need some feedback every now and then. Help me out. Pre help me preach. I need some help. Amen. Please. Amen. My goodness. That is a hammer. Y'all don't believe this is truth? I do too. Sometimes we all need help. Everybody stand together.